Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we're going to take a look ahead at this weekend of racing and in particular the World Cup in Overijssel which marks the sixth round of the World Cup of the 2022-2023 season and with me here to discuss that is Brooke Watts. Brooke, thank you for being with us today. Oh, it's a real pleasure. Any opportunity to talk about cyclocross is uh, always fun. Yeah, we're going to talk about the World Cup in Overijssel. But before we get to going and talk about Overijssel, today's show is brought to you by GCN+. As you all know, this weekend Tom Pitcock, the Cyclocross World Champion, is making his season debut and you don't want to miss any of that. Watch the action in Merksplas, his first race in the Super Prestige, on Saturday. Or the World Cup on Overijssel, where Pitcock will also be racing on Sunday live and interrupted on GCN+. Go to gcn.eu slash cxsocial and get a 25% off your annual subscription if you are from the Netherlands, the United States or the United Kingdom. So gcn.eu slash cxsocial. And now we will talk about Overijse because the course has changed this year. The famous cobble climb at the top of the hill is now out. In fact, they don't take the hill at all anymore. They are they have moved the start and judging by what I've seen and heard, it probably has to do with parking. So now the start finish straight is still not all too long, but then they take a long grass climb up, which looks to be pretty steep. And then the rest of the course is still pretty much the same as the last couple of years. It's pretty wide through the field, up and down, some corners. So it's really still the Merck Plus we know, but with a lot less tarmac. Overijssel has gone through so many changes as a growing, growing suburb of Brussels. And I think that that race over the years has had different start locations, though other aspects of the course have remained the same. You, you've done a better job of deciphering the course map that's been released. I, I could see the, the some of the changes, but I think until I see it on the broadcast, it's going to be difficult to tell exactly what they've changed. But it's, it's such an iconic race. Such a beautiful location. The oldest, as you know, of the races. Willie uh, has, has had such an impact on that race before he sold it. We have to remember that Overice is kind of the spiritual home of Flanders Classics. And so I think they treat it as their hometown race. And, and I would be remiss if I didn't point out that the legend Franz Verbeek comes from Overice. The milkman was, uh, was born and raised in Overice. Yeah, last year I did the research and well it's of course known that it's the current cross with the most editions but it was like clear by something like 20 over i think petania in luxembourg so yeah it's definitely nice to see it and a bit rebranded they keep working to improve the course but it still includes a lot of elevation so it will be pretty much the same as the last couple of years and the big story of course is the return of the cyclocross world champion tom pitcock he is starting his season on Saturday in Merckxplas before racing his first World Cup in Overijssel. This year, no hustling about starting at the back of the grid. He can start on the second row in the World Cup unless one of the top eight guys doesn't show up of the ranking of the World Cup. But first or second row is going to be much better than last year. What do you expect he can do in his first crosses of the season? I think it depends on how his re-entry, his reorientation to uh to high level racing goes in Merckx plus you know you you see him referred to as a diesel sometimes i i think he's a, as good a starter as any of them i put him on the podium in Overijssel 
I don't necessarily pick him for the top. I know that you pick him for the top, but uh, I, I, I think if he has a great day on Saturday, then he could be at the top on Sunday. I would, uh, I would also say, gosh, how might Michael do in a course like this? So it, it's going to be an interesting race. And, uh, and I would ask you, how do you feel about Joris and his climbing? Because I think it's time that Joris is on the podium. Well, to first come back on Pitcock, I'm not necessarily going to put him for the win. Isam is super high on Pitcock. He thinks that Pitcock is going to fly in and almost do a Wout van Aert Boomstal-like performance. But yeah. Merck's Plus, first of all, on Saturday, it's a fast course. It yep, yep. doesn't really have any decisive features. If you don't have the feel on the cross bike, a couple of small mistakes can really cost you in such a race. Overijse is a better race for him. It has the climbing, and we know Pitcock does best on the climbing courses. We all remember his win yeah, in Aspergavre. Yeah. We remember his fights in Namur with the best. And Overijse comes close to those courses. But we also know that Pitcock is a slow starter in the season, not per se in the races, but he always needs a couple of races to grow into the season, especially two seasons ago. And last season was already better with him getting quite decent results in his first races. But if he's going to win here, hmm, I think it's going to be close. As you say, Michael van Tourenaut in great form. And then, well, you asked about Joris Nieuwenhuis. How is his climbing? Well, it's hard to tell. His form is obviously pretty great at the moment. I saw Jens Decker write on Twitter that he expects something very special from him this year or next year in the season. Yep, and yep, yep. I've said it a couple of times already. This guy is insanely talented. He's under 23 mm -hmm. world champion for a reason. And go back to Valkenburg Worlds under 23. A lot of yep. climbing to be done there. He had had a horrendous season. He had, I think, gotten one or two podiums. And then at the world championships, he came super close to beating Izebiet. So if that is a standard to go by... I think that his climbing ability is fine and that he can definitely be in contention again. His time is due. I am seven time zones away from you. Tell me, what is the weather forecast for the weekend? The weather forecast for the weekend is still a bit mixed. I have seen reports of rain. Others suggest dry. There has been a bit of rain this week, so it's not going to be as fast as we have seen in Beekseberge, which was a desert cross. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> is it going to be super muddy? Hmm. I don't think so. I think it will be a bit of a mix, somewhat similar to last year when the, the ground will be draining you. It will be sucking you in. Yeah. It will be real power. Yeah, because that could certainly have an impact on someone who's just getting back into the field. Yeah, but on the other hand, if I just check the latest forecast, it suggests rain every day from now until the weekend in Overijssel, which would make it a bit more muddy. But again... Does it have to be a disadvantage for Nieuwenhuis? Mm, I don't know. I think form will be more decisive, the absolute power. And for Nieuwenhuis, I think that his form is there, but he's been struggling to move from the back of the grid to the front of the grid, costing him a lot of energy. We saw that in Beekseberge that he was there. Every week his form is improving. Agreed. So it wouldn't surprise me if he is in contention again. But for the moment, I will still give the benefit to Michael van Turenhout, Lars van der Haar, Lauren Zweig. Isabit is a big question mark for me. He's been so yep. inconsistent Correct. throughout the past couple of weeks with his injury. But especially van Turenhout, I think he will be the biggest challenger on this course, together with Lars van der Haar for Tom Pitko. I would agree. And the reason I mentioned the weather forecast is I think that plays 
against the advantage of, of Tom Pitcock as a climber, because I would say you need a little time to get used to the mud racing, the field racing. So I would agree that uh, Michael seems very, very likely. I think Lars could also excel. Not a course for uh, Lorenz. And, and I definitely think that uh, Ellie is on the mend and uh, probably will not factor in until uh, uh, some weeks of recovery have passed. Yeah, I think the story about Isabit is interesting. On one hand, he had the talk after the European Championships where he said, it's not the same injury as I had this summer. But then he's now come back and said that he wasn't clear enough and that it is in fact the same injury as in the summer. He's also commented on a column that Niels Albert, the two-time yes. world champion, has wrote that said, well, if it's something chronical, he should retire and go search for an office job. He said that wasn't nice to read and that... He struggled, he had a rough week before Beekseberge. I spoke about this with Isam yesterday. Mm -hmm. He said that Eli, last year he had a couple of these races where he had a bad start and then he was just like, well, whatever, I'm not going to bother today. Belgian Championships is one example, Lunaut and Lille are other examples. Yep. If we look at Eli in Beekseberge, we can see that there is still the determination to fight. He has a horrendous start, he's way back. Comes and back. he keeps yes. putting in good laps and he puts in three, four super fast last laps to still contend for the win. In yep. Newell, he crashed, went over his bars, was 15th, keeps on going to save a super prestige classification. I think he had a very unlucky weekend. He's maybe a bit on the back foot, but I still think he's going to be in a solid position to secure himself a decent amount of points because don't forget, he's only leading by a handful of points the overall over Laurens Fake. Uh, two points, if I recall. I, I, I looked at the tally earlier today, and it was, as you say, only a handful. So, so we're seeing number two sneak his way up the uh, the overall. It's going to be an, an interesting season. What do we have left? Uh, how many remaining? You just told me it's, it's, it's a, a lot. After this, there's still eight races. Oh, that's tremendous. Yeah, that that's a lot. So we've still got a lot of lot of racing to go. Yeah, about Laurens, he's been in great form. We both said that we don't think this is a course for him, but Namur, which was also not a course for him, he still ended third there. What do you expect from Laurens Zweig this weekend? I would pick him for Saturday more than Sunday. I think that's an obvious statement. And you make a, a very solid point. His climbing has much improved. I think uh, Paul Herregers had uh, interesting comments after, after Namur, how... He had not seen that kind of climbing from, uh, from Lawrence before. You know, maybe I need to rewrite my podium and include, uh, include Lawrence in there. He has a very strong mental outlook, and I think that uh, that can be as important as the physical aspects. Yeah, I think he is obviously in a very good form. I think it will be up there. But then again, if we look at Namur, third, okay, but... Let's look at the gaps. Two minutes behind Fonturen out. It's going to be a very honest race if this weather forecast holds. If it's going to be super muddy when the juniors and women have gone over it, it's going to be muddy and it's going to be a tractor effort. And then I think that Van der Haar, Lars, will suffer a bit because he would like to have it a bit faster, more like we have seen on the Hotond cross before. Yep, yep. And Michael, he will be praying for this weather forecast to hold because yes, he loves yes, the mud. Agreed. 
And we have seen in previous editions, we have the benefit of so many years of racing at Ronza, even on the different courses, mind you, the, the different designs, we can see that that is a very heavy, heavy material, a soil, heavy, it gets very heavy ruts. And as you mentioned, as the previous categories race on it, that's going to have an impact on the, the elite racing as well. Yeah, a lot will depend on the weather, but Overijse is usually a very honest cross. It's yes. really about who is the strongest. It's not going to involve the tactical aspect that we've seen the past couple of weeks, and not even per se the team tactics, but more the, okay, I pace here, and then I sit in here. It's yep. really going to be about pacing yourself, not blowing up, not making mistakes if the downhills are muddy. And of course, not having a puncture like we had two seasons ago with Mathieu van der Poel, who was leading against Wout van Aert. And then eventually there will be a winner. And if I were to make the call now, I would probably not say Pitcock based on the weather forecast. If it's so muddy, we know that he struggles in these super long, no recovery diesel efforts, which we have seen in Dendermond before build. That's yep. not something for a small guy like Pitcock. You need a bit more body, a bit more muscle to wrestle through that. You're right. Michael is better suited to that, has the advantage of having the rhythm. Pitcock is only just starting, will be a bit rusty as always. Last year, remember, in Bohm, that was muddy and he made a couple of mistakes in the downhill and said, well, I made too many mistakes and the same happened in Namur, which was after a couple of races. So it's not ideal yet for Pitcock. I do expect him to be in contention, but not already winning. Maybe Merck's plus if it comes down to a sprint, but Overijse in this weather. Yes, yes. I, I think your estimation is correct. And, and it's good to see him back. Let's make this comment. Good to see him back. And I'm sure they're happy that uh, the additional tickets are being sold. The big three, as, as they're being termed now, it's uh, getting closer and closer to when we have them all back. And then it's going to be fun to see how you know, all season guys, Michael, Lawrence, uh, Ellie, see how they stack up. And uh, I tend to agree with uh, with Jurgen's comments uh, in the press that uh, the guys are going to do just fine. They're going to be in contention, even though the big three are back. Yeah, it's difficult to know. And of course, Jurgen Mettepenning's job is to make his team look as good as possible. <laughs> and be that at the cost of Sven Nijs or at the cost of Wout van Aert, that yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. matter to him. It will be difficult to compete against a fit Wout van Aert and Mathieu van der Poel. For Pitcock, it really depends. Last season, despite becoming world champion, was not his best season in terms of performance. Yes. I think his two seasons before, especially the season before when he beat van der Poel in Aspergavre and almost won the cross in Namur, that was a better season for him. It just didn't come out at the Worlds, which is where most people look at because Pitcock is not the best sand rider. Yep, yep. So I think it will be interesting. And the other guys, they will do fine. And I said this in our previous podcast, without the so-called big three, the cross would also survive because we have seen exciting races. We have seen that the spectator numbers are already there. Already the Koppenberg cross is able to draw 10,000 spectators. If all these people pay 15 euros in entrance, you already have 150,000 in terms of budget. So cross will survive that, at least at the level below the World Cup, where... 10,000 spectators is more than enough to get your cost out in combination with the sponsors. Correct. But, yeah, about that. How many extra spectators do you think Pitcock will attract? Because, to me, it feels that he doesn't have the real fan base in Belgium. 
Well, I, th- I think part of it is the location of Overisa is, is uh, closer to Leuven, closer to the Kempen. It's an opportunity for cross fans in that region to travel to the race without coming over to other areas, going up to the Limburg region, for example. So people tend to stay close to home, I think. And I also think that the cross fans look out the door, look out the window in the morning and check the weather and say, yeah, do I stay home and watch it on television or do I drive over and, and watch the race in person? So I think it will bring out some people. I think more, what's bringing people out is finally the opportunity to see some racing in person, to see your old friends at the races, the, to go to the carnival once again, now that, it, now that we're starting to get out of the shadow of the pandemic. Yeah, of course. It's such a big social event and there's plenty of people who don't come for the cross but for the beer and that's part of the yeah, 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 of the yeah. beauty of cross that it's this rare combination between festivity and sports and I think the spectator numbers this weekend will be fine but I do think that as soon as Wout and Mathieu come these have such a big fan base in Belgium and the Netherlands and just like in the days of Sven Nijs, remember back to Kruibeke they didn't want to pay yeah. the 15,000 for Sven Ice to come at the start until they realized how many people in just touring car buses Sven Ice brought. And then they realized, hey, if we Correct. pay 15,000, only if he brings five five touring cars, and he usually brought five to ten, yes, he, they would already break even again. So That's right. it's going to be good. And we can make some predictions, not about spectator numbers, but about the podium for this weekend. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, so uh, I I am going to jump in there and just say on uh, I must mention Saturday, and and I'm going to say that on Saturday, uh, Lawrence Swake takes the win. Pitcock will be on the podium, and I'm going to say that uh, Joris is going to be on the podium as well. I, I I just believe that his time has come, and I also am going to add quickly that uh, our favorite. Spanish rider Felipe Orts is going to continue to climb up the ranks and uh, I hope to see him on a podium sometime this season. I would hope so as well. For Saturday I would go probably with the with a win for hmm, I would say probably let's go with uh, the win for Pitcock in the sprint because the course will probably lack a decisive feature ahead of Van der Haar and Zweig. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think I think you're onto something there. And then uh, you can go as well for the Sunday, the World Cup in Overijse. I'm going to go with Michael, Michael Venturen out for the win. I really do. Uh, and I think the rest of the podium will include uh, uh, Lars van der Haar. And uh, I'll, I'll put Pit. I'll just roll the dice and say that Pitcock's on the podium. But uh, I think Michael for the win. Yeah, I will agree with Michael for the win, but Pitcock is going to be a close second with third place. That one will go to Eli Isabit, uh, who will have a bit of a better weekend after a rough week last time out. I would really hope so. I want to see Eli back in there. I think this has been a fun season to watch with his early near dominance, and and we'll wish him the best in his recovery, and, and we'll see this weekend how that recovery is going. Then let's move on to the women's race that will probably be exciting as almost all of them this season. Do you think that there are any other names that we should consider except Fem van Empel, Puk Pietersen, in terms of the best riders at the moment? Do you, or do you think that we could put 
brand or maybe from Android next to them on a course like Overijse? Voss is riding an Overijse. Will she be a factor for the podium is, is a question mark. A person would be foolish to say that Femme is not going to win on Sunday. If we talk about her and her mountain bike skills, then certainly this is a course that, that would favor her. Whether it's too heavy for her or not remains to be seen. I like the way that Alvarado is coming back. This is impressive. And, and I don't recall off the top of my head how her previous performances in Over Isa have been. But I would hope that we see a, a strong showing from uh, Celine on Sunday. Two years ago, she won in Overijse as a world champion. Okay. And a week after the world championships, she crashed in the first corner into some ice water and then yes. didn't do too well anymore. But then again, when she won there, it were kind of similar conditions as to what we're going to see now. So if she's in very good condition, there's only two courses on the calendar that still don't suit her. One, the Koppenberg and two, Namur. Yep. And yes, I do like the way that she's been going this year and it's been much better, but there's just been too many inconsistencies. Just yes. in every race, almost every race, it's just one or two mistakes too much. Just a slip here or the crash in Beekseberg, which without that crash, he's in contention for the win. Correct. And that's been kind of a reoccurring thing that is just a bit unlucky or sometimes it's her own mistake due to a crash or slip somewhere but yeah of course the improvement is there but on a heavy course like this well the mud is different than the fast but if M van Empel can win on the Koppenberg she can also win in Overijse. Yeah 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 good point good point. I think we also have to mention not necessarily for the win but for contention Clara Honsinger. The the reason I say this is because with now with the coaching of Dieter van Toren out Clara should have, we hope, one would hope, some improved technical skills, whether that includes her start, remains to be seen. But uh, I, I'm fascinated that she is getting some coaching by someone with some, some tremendous skills now. Yeah, I think that her form is really building and you can see the progression in terms of the fast races where she's now able to get into the top 10 instead of being around 20th and yep. the move to EF, I'm a fan of that and they have a yeah very competent entourage around her yes. with also Crystal Herrmans as the manager there. So yeah, maybe if she, her form is improving, she could be in contention, but I think for at the moment her form is still just not good enough. I would have expected a bit more from her already on the Koppenberg, but it's definitely a name to factor in. I don't think that we should factor in false all too much on this course. No, I agree. She's not on the podium. She's not on the podium yet, but she's moving up the ranks. Yeah, and after this, she's going to take a bit of rest, do a training camp on the road. And then I think Vos, we've seen it many times, she sets one goal. And that one goal only is where she will be at her best. And this road season, it was the Tour de France Femme and Paris-Roubaix. Well, she missed Paris-Roubaix, but Tour de France Femme and she delivers. And... Last year it was Cyclocross World and she delivers at Cyclocross World. And this year with the Worlds in Hoogerheide, I think she will put everything on that. She's using these races to gain points, get in a rhythm, now taking some time off to rest, become fresh again. And then she's going to use the busy Kerst period to regain form and then fine-tune her form after the 
after the championship, the Dutch national championships, to be fit in Hogerheide. So I'm not writing off false completely for the season. Just for this race, I think that it's going to be another battle Van van Empel with Pietersen. And why do I say Pietersen in this case instead of Sherin van Androoy? Pietersen has had a better form than van Androoy this season. And Pietersen was not at the Koppenberg. But I am convinced that Pietersen, based on how well she does on the mountain bike, that she should be able to do very well here. On the mountain bike in the under 23 category, she's almost always second behind Lien Burkier. Burkier is probably a better climber than Pietersen. But if you even look how Pietersen went up the Citadel and Namur in the under 23 race, that was good. Will it finally be enough for her to take her first World Cup win? That remains to be seen because she's up against his other super talent, Fem van Empel. Right. Remind me, when are we going to see Lucinda back? When does Brandt come back to the field. I, I, I don't know that I've seen that news recently. She already came back last weekend and she oh. was, I think, sixth or seventh. She was struggling, but you probably don't recognize her because she was in a Palace Trek kit and we haven't seen that for years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. I did not. I, no, I'm showing my ignorance. I watched the race and I, I completely missed that. It also tells you the story about her race. It was pretty anonymous, never really in contention. She had the of course, the injury to her hand, which still affected her, and it hurt a lot on that bumpy course. Oberreicher should be a better course, but if you're out for a while, it will probably take some hit on your form, especially if you have undergone surgery. That's really, really bad for your form if you go under narcos for the surgery. Yeah. So, Yeah, it's going to take some time to come back, without question. I, I don't factor her into a podium contention for, uh, for some time. I think we'll see her during the Kerst period would be my expectation. Yeah, it's going to take some time, but she was able to keep her endurance base. And as long as you have your endurance base, you can build back your form pyramid. And if you're yep. out for like four or five weeks and that endurance base is knocked down, then your cross season is ruined because there's not enough time to rebuild that. So it will take some time for now. It's also a course that should suit Betsema. Betsema last year came close to the win. Normally, I would put Fash down, but Fash isn't racing. She's now training in the United States with SD Works. So mm -hmm. I still have two riders I would like your opinion of, and those are Betsma and Van Androoy. What do you expect from them? Do you think that they can oppose a challenge? I have Denisa Betsma picked for Saturday more than Sunday, but I think she could be, on, uh, she could be a factor for the podium on Sunday. That would be my expectation. I think... It's, of course, something that we didn't mention so far, but it's a factor. Alvarado and Betsema, they are going to be racing the Super Prestige because they are going to be fighting that out with Inge van der Heide. Yep. Yep. Peter Sefem van Empel, there's no start list, but I don't expect them to be at the start there. They will almost every weekend only do the World Cup. So they will be a bit fresher as well. Van Androoy, the same goes for her. She will be focusing on the X2O trophy next to it because of the Golazzo importance of that classification. Of course, yes. Yeah, hmm, what do I think for Betsma? I think that she can be in contention for the podium. She will probably be third or fourth. And last weekend in Beeksberg, she was just very unlucky. But mm -hmm. I think she will be up there. And she can fight with Alvarado for the remaining podium spot. Maybe Shirin van Androoy. Although, yeah, I do have some expectations for van Androoy. Of course, she won last week. But that shouldn't make us suddenly think that she's the best out of all the women. Because... She deserved that win. That was some criticism I got on the podcast that I didn't like 
put enough emphasis on that. She did deserve the win. However, she was still lucky that Van Empel and Pietersen, as they said in the interviews themselves, that they waited too long to react and that when they reacted they were still hesitant and only at the final straight Van Empel said I really gave it my all now I realize hey if I would have paced just that tiny bit harder throughout the lap I could have still won the race. I would have closed that yes winning is all about timing and luck and in in that case Kieran had both of those uh, in her favor. The others as you say took a just a nanosecond too long to react and and then it was too late it was all over it was fun to see i think it was a nice shake up but they will not make that mistake again you can rest assured and on a course like overheis it's much more difficult it's increasingly difficult to surprise someone there when the entire lap is going to be tractor and push the power up and down so it's much yeah. easier to regain five seconds than on a course like Beekseberg where you need to go way faster. And with all the corners there, that's simply not possible. Van Androoy, however, will compete for the podium. And it wouldn't surprise me if she's able to stay with Pietersen and Van Empel for a long while. But it would require a good start because so far this season her starts have been a little bit too bad, too slow. They, yeah. She's always going into the field 8th, ninth. If she can go into the field sixth or fifth, then she already has the connection and doesn't need to put in one and a half laps of chasing work to come back. That's right. That's exactly right. We don't give enough credit. We we talk about this new generation. We talk about the difficulty. Uh, we we draw a generation gap, huh? And I think we have to say for for Betsema to race so well against. The younger generation she she's got to be given credit for yeah she always puts up the fight it's her mentality to always go and when she was racing for the wins against brandt often her tactical ability was not good enough she made weird decisions to pace brandt along in the final lap or her positioning is off but I've said that a couple of times as well. Betsema is just a bit too nice in terms of getting the elbows out in the final lap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yep. th- and that's, of course, also a bit telling for the person Betsema. Betsema is always satisfied with her result. And that's also something like if you have the true killer mentality, you won't see Macho van der Poel come across the line in a second when he's beaten by Wout van Aert by two seconds in, or something in the final lap and say, well, it was the maximum achievable. You, you will be fuming. Yes, correct, correct. Killer mentality, yeah. But then again, Petsma indeed deserves the credit for one, bringing up the fight, and two, making the return to the sport after becoming a mom of two daughters and combining that life. And there's some people that say, well, she should do more in the summer, but Petsma decides to balance it and in the summer stay on her island and spend time with family. Yeah, and that's, that's fair. Yeah, I agree. It's fun to see that someone can achieve that balance. Then I would like to hear your thoughts on one more rider, Inge van der Heide. She's been going pretty well this season. I've been really impressed by Inge's performance this season, and I'm waiting for really big things from her, a breakout performance. Uh, I'm not sure if, uh, if Overisa is the course for that, but, uh, but I know she's getting close. Yeah, I feel like I've been waiting for a breakout performance like three, four, no, probably even more, like maybe even five years already when she 
I think she went to the States at some point when she was racing for the CCC team and she was leading the under 23 World Cup and then we were racing in Coxide and she yep. was doing so well there. She was in the front group and then ultimately faded a little bit. But since then, like it's almost getting the status of the evergreen talent. Like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. It will come at some point yes. or just a bit like that when she has been really good and I think she ended fourth or fifth in that World Cup in Coxide. And that immediately answers the question about the course. Is Overijse the course for her? No, I don't think so. I, I'm much more considering her as a favorite for Merck's Plus, which should be a good course for her. And there is the Super Prestiges on the line where okay. she can get a top three. That will be more important for her in Overijse, probably a top five at max. And even that is ambitious with the start list we have yeah she she showed up at uh waterloo the first year that waterloo was a world cup and uh, with her family and 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 said uh i need a parking place can you help me with a parking place i said of course and i i immediately moved several tents out of the way and created a place for her to park the rental van that that they had and she says why are you being so nice i says but but you are inga van der heiden of course well, for no other reason, you, the stripes on your sleeve tell me everything. So I, I still expect great things. I, I, I know that uh, maybe she's a rider who does better in the middle of her career than in the early part of the career. That is very possible. She had a couple of tough seasons as well, I think, with some injuries involved. And this year she's been really solid. And OK, even if you don't become the next big thing that you one time were hyped up to be. It doesn't mean your career failed. Yeah. If you are yeah. making a solid living out of getting podiums in super prestige races, it's still fine. And she is definitely a rider capable of consistently being in and around the top 10. So it's definitely good. But on this course, once again, if we turn towards predictions, I would probably say in for a bit of an offset, Peterson taking the win ahead of M van Empel and then third place. It's tough, but I will be going with Betsema because mm-hmm. I still have. No, I'm going to go with. Uh, we didn't mention one name, but I will do it now in my prediction. I will be going with a very surprising third place for Lynn Burkier, the number two of the under 23 European Championships. We didn't mention her so far, but it just crossed my mind that course with climbing mud it's perfect for her she was good at the european championships she's going to surprise in uh Overijse. i think you pulled a good uh rabbit out of the hat there i i'm gonna go with uh fim puck and and i'll take your first pick denisa and uh and then we'll see on monday if you owe me another bag of uh pepper and i already bought you the first one it's uh it's already uh, saved in my closet for when you come to Europe uh, around the World Championships. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. And I mean, probably in the end with the Femme van Empel prediction, she has it all. The power, the technique, the sprint. It's hard to see it, but Puck, she lives close to me. I've raced so many times against her. I just want to see her win at some point. So we'll see. But it should be a good weekend of racing. Well, I, I expect with all of our talk over the last week about Pepper Knowlton that we'll see a surge in sales across the globe. 
hopefully everybody who hasn't had them should definitely come over in November to do some cross watching or maybe even racing yourself and then get a couple of paper notes uh, after. Well, thank you so much for being here, Brooke. Oh, it's always a pleasure. So, it's such fun to talk cross with someone who is as enthusiastic and knowledgeable as you are, Noah. Well, that's so nice of you to say thanks so much. And the same goes for you. Always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Hopefully a couple of more times this season. As said, hopefully a great weekend of racing with hopefully my winners coming out this time because else, well, the depth in paper note will grow exponentially and that should not happen. But uh, we'll just wait and see and hopefully some entertaining racing. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Cyclocross Social Podcast. You can expect two episodes this weekend as we will cover the Super Prestige in Merckx Plus and the World Cup in Overijse. See you guys then. Goodbye.